0: Well, we don't really need an intro. <laughs> what do you mean we don't need an intro? We have Mick Thomas here. All right. right? Very funny. Comedian,
1: podcaster.
0: I like that.
2: No hype. Just ran into uh you got to give him a proper intro, James.
1: Maybe, maybe you don't. I'm all right. Come on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nick <laughs> Thomas
2: is here. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Thanks Welcome. for having me. This is uh This is... I, I do... I did... My friend's podcast, Christian Vasquez, I was just saying to you earlier, and he built this studio. It was probably one of the best-looking studios. But this one here is uh, it's pretty unique. Pretty, it's a salt cave. Yeah. Right? Is this probably the only podcast that's done in a salt cave?
0: I, I don't know. It's the only one that I know, of, but it's uh, it's pretty neat. It's yeah, like, it's like right. I'm standing on salt,
2: right? Is that? How different? many pounds
0: of salt are in here, nah, James? You asked me this question. You put me on the spot. I forget. It's definitely uh, about two tons. Two tons of salt. Yeah, Do you have to rotate this salt? No, we 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 screen it and we uh, move it around
2: and stuff like that. But you rake it just, like a like a, like a zen garden.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, something. yeah, but yeah, no, it's salt. It's
0: salt.
1: It's, 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 you know, How how's zen are you from one to ten when you rake this? Uh, nine, nine. <laughs> nine. That's yeah. pretty good.
2: Yeah, it looks like it's one of the chores you have to do before you open your business. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, fuck, I forgot to rake the salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whoever who locked up last night, oh, she didn't do this. I like, tell her to do the salt. The last thing you do before you go home is rake the salt. It is, it is. It's really
0: one of those things. That I, I'm usually the one that ends up doing it. It's not as easy as it looks. It's definitely like
2: a rake. So, what kind of salt is this? Is this the type of salt that you would. Um, like, could you grind that down and put that on your food? People's feet have been in here, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm
1: not eating food with this
0: salt. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But <laughs> hypothetically, then, if people were cleaner, Sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> people
1: were cleaner. If people didn't um, use like, this salt for their feet. It, it might be like wine, right? Like wine
0: is a on grapes, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, can I try to want some?
2: No, it's <laughs> <man. laughs> okay.
0: But no, it's Himalayan uh, salt. Really? It's, yeah, you can just
2: put that in grinder if you want is that is that the same salt that's in the flotation device? No, in the float is um. Float is it the Would you call it a flotation device? I don't want to make it yeah. seem like it's somewhere.
0: No, that's that's. Okay. I
2: guess you would call it that. It, whatever you want. Float chamber. chamber. float yeah. chamber is a better one. I like that yeah. yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the float chamber. Float tank,
0: float chamber. But this is the same salt that's. No, so this. Okay. Uh, what's in the float tanks is Epsom salt, so it's okay. magnesium
1: sulfate. Um, so there's uh twelve hundred pounds in each float. It's a lot of pounds of salt in this building, James.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very salty, and that's what keeps you. You know what I noticed when you get in there first? It's like, how far do I? Because you kind of want to go for that, because you are floating, right? You're 100% floating, and it's like you want without any effort. Um, but you want to kind of how far can I put my head back? You know, like you look, you almost look for a pillow, and once you realize, like, all right, this is the spot. I'm fine with this one. Because it took me a few moments to kind of like I was actually keep my head. You know what I mean? I felt in my neck like, alright, you're not relaxing, And the like, guy right, just alright, then you let go, and let your head go back. You
0: definitely it's find out why you're holding on to tension. Yeah, yeah, you know,
2: everywhere. It's, it's
0: strong, man, it really is. So how was your, this is your first flow? This is my first one. I've
2: always wanted to do it for, for years. You've been contacting me for, since you opened, to come down and do it. And I always felt like an arsehole um, by not coming down, I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm giving excuses, but my, my day is so hectic that I have you know, I have no windows of time to do stuff, like I'll I, I work out, that's kind of what I, I, I would to take relaxing over working out and I'm thinking like this to me is relaxation, so it's me it's me chickening out, it's me taking, it's like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, like a rest day when that I shouldn't have but um after I did it I realize that yeah, this is not this is so beneficial. This is so needed for anybody. Yeah. Somebody just like you too that doesn't have the time for it is, is the perfect person. Yeah man. Is. It really is. And it's like it's it, you have heard you know, you hear the, the stories of some some people like have hallucinated in these things, like that's what I was kind of looking for. But when I got into it first, like first when you get into it and it's complete darkness and it's complete silence. And your mind starts going a hundred miles an hour at first, right? Not overthinking, but just, you know what I mean? Like, all right, so I'm relaxing I'm here. Like, all right, hour and a half—that seems like forever. uh... You don't know what you don't know what you. That's it. You don't know what to do, right? You're kind of sitting there, like, well I open my eyes? Well, I close my eyes? But what if I close my eyes and well, I fall asleep? Because I am tired of sleeping well last night. Mm-hmm. So if I, what if I fall asleep and I roll over? You know what I mean? And then you're like, you know what? Don't you hate when you've got to let people out of a out of them getting off an exit ramp and eggs around, but they won't come out. You're like, you fucking move, and i like, mm-hmm. like Scarlett Johansson's ass doesn't get enough credit as her breasts do, right? And you're like, all these like weird things go into your head at once, and then you're like, alright, let me just, alright. When you find that, that once you just kick back like, then it's, yeah. then time disappears. Yeah, yeah. After a while,
0: you kind of lose track of the water. Just stay still and relax as you can. Yeah. The only thing you might get taken out is like, if you
2: drift and you might hit a side. And like, oh, I'm, here. I'm sorry, I forgot I was here again. I'm like, all right. <laughs> You're aware of a body part again. You know? And then but when you hear about people hallucinating and I, I was expecting that to happen, not it's like, but then then the other side was like, well, don't get your hopes up. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Don't look for this thing that's not might not come. But I got congested, I think it was telling you the side, I got a little bit congested. And when I got congested, I so I started to breathe through my mouth. When I was breathing through my mouth, I could hear this little whistle, like like a and then for about forty-five seconds, I, I, I saw this like lagoon mm-hmm. that that, and someone was whistling <laughs> for me. I couldn't see a person, but I could hear them. And I was like, "And I'd never seen it before. Like I don't recall it in any movie. I don't recall it. I'm sure, sure it's there somewhere, right? It's like in so your subconscious somewhere." But that forty-five seconds, and that, that went away. And because I became aware of, I was hallucinating, or I was aware that that came to my mind. So then it left me once I was aware. It's you know, Like a dream, like almost. A dream, you know? Almost. It's kind of trippy because you know it, it comes in short
1: bursts like that, but you tap into something that I don't think you could tap into if you weren't like kind of just
2: sensory deprivated. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think if you uh, like you have, it's we we talked about this already, it's it's if you're a perfect if you're a, an over tanker. Right. Not as in like as in I'm an overthinker, I've got too much stuff on my mind. That's a different person, right? Like I got this, I got the kids, I gotta do this, I gotta write this, I have to get here and I gotta call this person back. I like, this meeting coming up. Um that's a that's a cluttered person. But I'm talking about an over an overthinker, right? That like when we said that if you go to someone's house and it's like there's a plate of cookies. you like, want some cookies? Like, nah, I'm fine. But like, you want the cookie? But you Don't want to seem like you're a greedy fuckers so here. Like, nah, <laughs> just like, like you're you you do want the cookie? But you don't want it to think you're like, oh, this bad piece of shit, just you know, eating cookies. <laughs> you know that if you're an overthinker like that, or if you're overanalyzed, this is perfect for you. This will just shut. You've no choice but to shut it off. There's no no avoidant. There's no avoidance You got to just shut it down. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's for sure for, for
2: people like that. It's a place to shut down.
0: You know, it's a, it's a place to uh to just stop thinking about everything you don't need to think about. I think people that overthink a lot, they they kind of uh they kind of just look for distractions to think about. Yeah. You know? So in there there's nothing.
2: There's no distractions. Your own body's not even there. I think some people are afraid to be alone with their own thoughts. They might realize that like, gee, I'm a piece of shit or they might realize <laughs> like hey. <laughs> right? Yeah, They might realize, like, I'm not as smart as I thought I was, or, oh my god, I made the wrong decision, I shouldn't have bought that house, right? You know what I mean? Like, some people, they, they won't face up, they won't face themselves, and you got no choice but to do it in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely a place where you you're, you're forced to just think about whatever comes into your head, instead of being distracted
2: by whatever you want to look at. Yeah, yeah, it's you, you. can you can't run from anything in there. I mean, I, I noticed too. Like, it's definitely a form of it. It is hundred percent meditation, and I could never meditate. And I was always envious of people who could, right? And so I'll like, oh, get this app, and I'm like, I'm not getting an app. Stop! I'm not getting an app to meditate. And um but I think what I was doing there is like I, I would be I would be in it, and then I would come out of it. I'm like, all right, look, you got to be here for you. You must be only here for at least twenty minutes. You still have a long way to go. So you better like. Focus, shut it down, and get back into it. I and mean, I could have bailed. I could have just jumped out, pulled the cord. There's no cord, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I could have said, "I'm done." But I said, "No, I'm going to write this out." And then there was an, an area which felt like ten minutes of nonsense, right, of me pushing the walls and driving around like a child. Uh, but I said, "All right, now you got a long way to go to be in here, so you can then you gotta you you, you shut it down and you go right back into it again." Yeah, the lights
1: off the whole time. Yeah, the lights are off. Yeah yeah it definitely takes some practice like I feel the first time I, I kind of felt the same way where you have like a good 45 seconds of like that enlightenment or hallucination of sort but then like you know the second time it maybe was like you could drag it a little longer and you know over time it does take the practice but I, I think also the time of day that you float is
2: also kind of relevant because when I come at night it's way different than when I come first thing in the morning that's yeah I never, I never thought that actually yeah so it's like it's later at night. it's probably the last you closed up for tonight now, right? So yeah,
0: like, I think for most people it's easier to float at night because there's
1: less things to think about, you know. Or you have less. I feel the opposite. Back. I think in the morning I wake up and I don't really. I'm not consumed by the thoughts of the day, as opposed to at night where it's like I'm
2: reliving the whole day. Yeah. I see, there's two people. I guess there's people who either like look forward, not look forward, to see what's coming, and then there's people I guess who look back on it, right? I guess yeah. I don't do either of them. I just, <laughs> I just do it at the end of the night and I shut down. I've so much to do, you know. I'm curious, by the way, how do you guys know each other?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, um, well, I used to work at the brokerage mm-hmm. the governors, and uh, Mick uh, did sets there all the time, and um, I don't know, we, the brokerage is so small that, like, uh-huh. you're forced to, to interact with the comics that come there, you know, when you work there. So, we, uh, I don't know. I just always just look forward to Nick, and then we talked. Uh, yeah, whenever he was on stage, it was great.
2: It was just, I, I, uh, I can't wait till these clubs open again. Yeah, man, that's gonna be yeah. But a lot of guys weird though when you go to some clubs, like a lot of guys don't talk to the staff. And I was like, like I, I, I mean, like, a lot of guys will hit on the staff. I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't be an asshole. Don't do that. But like, the way this is in this business, and a lot of guys don't realize it. That I'm not saying this is the case with you. Um, but you're talking to the weight staff, right? That guy your guard you're talking to could be running the club in four years' time. And if you're an asshole to any of that staff, you know what I mean? If you're an asshole to the staff members who were pro- honestly working harder than you, you're up there like an idiot for 15 minutes doing your dick and fart jokes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Whereas you're then getting yelled at because this was wrong or that was wrong. Or, you know, they, they, if, there's, if there was four comics on before you that sucked, Right? The way staff have to hear it. Like, the way staff, like, oh my God, like, you guys have to walk into the room and hear every comic. You guys, like, have, you're exposed to more bad comics than I am. Well, yeah. yeah, (laughs) I feel like you would know who's who, though. Like,
1: who's really the funnier people if you're listening to just nonstop. Yeah, no, I definitely memorized people's sets, and yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Of them, some of them were, were, were better than others.
0: But yeah, most most of the time it was uh it, it was pretty good, you know, pretty good jokes, pretty good shows. But it's really the energy of the people that are in the room. Yeah. It's not the comics most of the time. It's uh sometimes you'll have a comic that's off, right? Like, mm-hmm. but it's it's the energy in the room, you know. But yeah, if you do set it off with a couple of comics that just are terrible. And the room suffers, the wait staff suffers, the, the headliner suffers
2: sometimes, you know? It's, uh... Well, sometimes you'll get, um, like a weak comic in front of a bad, like, a, if you have a fundraiser, let's say it's a brokerage, mm-hmm. and it's a fundraiser, and it's all firemen and cops, right? They all know each other, they're all measuring their dicks, right? They're all just out there, testosterone, I'm the funny guy, and if some guy goes up on stage and they show a slight bit of weakness, those guys will eat him alive. And the comic will just shrink them. And now ruins it for the next guy. So if you know how to handle that, and um, you saw that a lot of the broke with a lot of fundraisers, a lot of the guys couldn't handle the rowdy crowds. Yeah, was, yeah, you but
0: know. it was weird crowds too. You'd have cops on one side, and then you'd have like, yeah, the yeah, Girl Scouts on the other side. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that
2: room. well, you'd have people like, you'd have, like if you go to a fundraiser on a Thursday or Sunday like night, and you would have. You know, all these people raising money for like kids' cancer and then someone over here raising something for dogs and cats. Like really a piece of shit. Like do not feel bad that these guys are trying to raise money for something real and you wanna buy bow ties for your cats.
0: Yeah, I I miss those nights man. So I miss them a lot. Yeah, it was fun. It was always fun there. But yeah, it's um I I I started working there, um, when my wife got sick, so I needed a second job. Right. So I was like, you know what? I, I was working at Dunkin' Donuts at the time, and it was it was a lot, but and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so Don't so I, uh, I said, yeah, if I'm, I'm gonna get a second job because I have to, but it's gonna be somewhere I want to be. And um, and so I applied. It was a Craigslist ad, and I applied to the brokerage, and and, uh, and she called me back, and for you know a meeting, I, I applied for a bus board, because I, I was okay. never a waiter before. You know, so I was like, I could definitely throw dishes in the dishwasher, right? Sure. So I um, I met with her and she uh, she's like, hey, you want to you want to wait you want to wait, wait tables? I'm like, you, you sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I took it. It was it was uh, it was fun. It was, it was great to be there. I you know,
2: couldn't be a waiter, man. I I couldn't be. I don't have the memory for it. Do you know what I mean? Like someone says, like I want a burger and fries. I can get them a burger and fries. But then when they start saying, can you add a little bit? I'm like, I don't know what to do with that now. Like, yeah, that is definitely that. Right. And then if you if you make a mistake, you got to go back to the cook, and and the cook's like, you didn't tell me that. And even though you probably like, I did tell you. definitely you <laughs> told you Like, do I do I argue with them? Say, no asshole. I told you no onions. So no, I, can't, no I just hard. couldn't do it, man. I could not. I'm definitely not better <laughs> at it. I just think it's a harder job than what I do. Me telling jokes like and the wait the wait staff work a lot harder than the comics, a lot harder than the comics in the comics. Sometimes the comics don't even see that. It's, it, yeah, it, it, we're we're
0: supposed to be uh, you know invisible, so to speak. Yeah, you know, and that's it is what it is. You guys are the ones that perform it. You guys are the ones that have to really. Now, trust me, our job
2: is easy <laughs> compared to yours. <laughs> our our <laughs> is so much easier than what you do. And then like even something like it, it, it's icing comics doing their assholes for doing it. It would drop a tray, like if a weights that drops that drop something, and the comic brings attention to it. You know, like they, there's a there's a, a trick to that kind of. Like if you're on the right side and the staff member drops something, they drop something over here on the right. You immediately walk over to the left and you talk to this. You know, you bring the attention away from it. You know, and then you get some comics like, look at this, like assholes. Just, and just assholes. It's happened Assholes. You
0: dropped it. Yeah, right uh, right next to the stage. <laughs> Right next to the stage. I forget who it was, Dom Irera, maybe. And um, he didn't say anything. Yeah, Dom's, um, Dom's the best. Yeah. Dom's a pro. He's oh, one was, of the best. It was great. Yeah, I was, it was literally two seats over from the stage, dropped the whole blue moon on the back. <laughs> uh, literally on his lap. And yeah, Dom just turned around and, and started talking to the other side of the room, right? You take attention away from
2: them, man. Some of guys are assholes with that stuff. But how, how did you get into comedy? We never talked about that. A lot of people never talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm from I'm from Ireland, and I always wanted to be a comedian um, from when I was five years old. Right? I, I thought as a five year old, I thought life was like Sesame Street. Right? Now I know it sounds dumb, but if you watch Sesame Street, everyone gets treated equally. Right? The mailman, the baker, the garbage man, the doctor. Right? You know, and they come in every week and you talk to the puppets. And there's no, it's almost a like communism. I just, there's no, there's no talk of pay scale. Like you, you as a five-year-old, you didn't think the doctor made more money than the garbage man or the postman. the postman would come on and Mr. Hooper ran the store, and so everyone just had a job to do. And I thought, well, I'll just be the, the guy who tells the jokes. Like that'll be my job in society. You know what I mean? And and I grew up with that, and I just never, I never had a place to do it in Ireland really, from where I, from where I live. But I into the southeast, there's no comedy clubs. There was no bar shows, there was nothing, there was no Why place to go. It. It There's comedy clubs in Dublin, okay. um, but that's like a three hour At the time, it was like a three hour drive. And then you know, I started work and I would go to comedy clubs and I would have fun there. But then you would realize these are not that good, these guys are not that good, and they're getting paid. And <laughs> uh, I wanted to do it, and I moved to America. Um, I moved to America in, I think, oh uh, four maybe, oh three. I can't remember. And uh, I went to Governor's, and it was a class, and I took a comedy class. And uh, it was like an eight-week comedy class, and that was it. After that, then I, I graduated the class, graduated, air quotes, and then I've uh, been doing it ever since. That was it, I Happy to stop.
1: I you mean, know, aside from Sesame Street, are you, you know, are you seeing like comedians online, or
2: like picking up albums of sorts? Like, to- well, yeah, you have. Like, I, I grew up with only one comedian, which was Billy Connolly. Uh, Scottish guy and he's an old man, he's retired now. He's got Parkinson's and, and he's got Alzheimer's kicking. He's an old he's an old man now. And then I remember for years and years I was watching Billy Connolly. And then you would watch movies, right? And I remember the first movie that made me like laugh, laugh I didn't think was capable of laughing was was History of the World, Mel Brooks. Phenomenal movie. And I uh and then we used to have a thing called like a video man where he would drive around in a van, right? And you had your VCR and he would show up at your house and you went out to his van and you picked out VCR tapes. You would now get three. And then he drove off and he went to different parts of the neighborhood. And he came back a week later and you gave him back the movies and you got three more, right? And like your neighbors got one. So I would swap with you. Hey, I got big trouble in China. And you'd be like, oh yeah, I got Gremlins. Like, do you want to swap I'm gonna like, no, watch that. Right? So, you know what I mean? And then he would come back within the week, he would swap the movies. So but I remember he had Eddie Murphy's Delirious. And I got that. That was my first non-European comedian that I saw, which was Eddie wow. Murphy Delirious. And it's just it was that was phenomenal fanat- as a kid, you don't get the jokes, right? But just to watch them murder the room like that. You got some of them. Yeah, because I'd imagine, like, I know
1: like people that are into music and they always get kind of music late. And I'd Imagine stand-up is hard to come across out there.
2: Yeah, I mean it was. I mean they had their own version of it, um, their own version of stand-up. Like the thing about European stand-up is is it's very long-winded, right? There's a lot of fat in the story. Like I could come in and tell I could tell you a 20-minute story about floating hair tonight, right? Make it funny. But realistically, that story should only be Eight minutes long, but I just bullshit it for you Gosh, know the yeah. remaining twelve minutes. <laughs> the unnecessary words in there, right? So Europeans have a way of doing stand-up that and the audience are happy with it. The audience don't mind that you call a long, a long story that's not really that funny until you get to the end of it. Um whereas American comedy bang, 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 yeah. bang, more punch mm-hmm. in, bang, bang. And I kind of have that. My style of comedy is I kind of have the same, I have the kind of the two. What if I tell these long stories with but chop the fat out of the story. That's yeah, right? right, the punchline. Yeah, so it's a kind of, I'm not saying I have a unique style, but it's like, it's not that, like if I go to Ireland, it's like I'm a storyteller, but I'm very quick to the point. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, yeah, but you never had, like the likes of an Eddie, Eddie Murphy, and when I saw that, I was like, Jesus. It's like I never got, I probably didn't get 60% of the jokes, you know, about homosexuality and what that means. coming into the kid, you know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, my, my parents would cursed me all the time, so I was like, you would hear swear words. But it's just amazing when you look at, you know, you see that delirious, right? You see Eddie Murphy, and he's gone on the private plane. And this guy following him. Who's this guy following all The only white guy in the video just following everywhere gray great. Slick blonde hair back and glasses. Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then you fast forward to now, and it's actually Richie Teakin, who is the owner of the comic strip, who's one of my favorite people who I talk to all the time. It's wild. You know, it's just funny when you're a kid watching this guy on TV in another country, in a tiny town at the corner of a tiny country, and you're like, you watch and you pay attention like, to him, that with one white guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it one white guy? Because like yeah, idea? and there's no not, you're not even talking about it from a from a racial point of view, but like everyone in that video, the black, yeah. like everyone. And I'm like, why is there one white guy? And it's just funny when I fast forward years later. But yeah, but Eddie Murphy and to me went from, from Billy Conley to Eddie Murphy. And then when I moved here, it was like, All right, now I Greg Geraldo, um, uh, Bill Barr, Louis C.K. You Did know what You mean? Eddie? No. Eddie Murphy? No, I never met Eddie, but I, I worked with Charlie a bunch of times before he died. Charlie Yeah, Yeah, yeah Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy was really funny, really nice. I worked with Charlie Murphy, and people say that every Eddie Murphy movie, the characters he creates, is based on someone in his family, right? So I'm working with Charlie Murphy, and I, I, I arrive early. He's in the green room. I leave for a little bit, I come back 20 minutes later, the green room was packed with his family members. And when you talk to them, like, that's the guy from
1: <laughs> Coming to America.
2: That's the guy from The Clumps. That's the guy, like, they, they, I mean, identical to, to what you would see on TV, like just the way that they carry themselves. like, Jesus, it was so, it
1: was so much fun. It's interesting to like pick up so many elements, too, from film as opposed to stand-up. Because like, I think yeah, a lot of yeah. people, the, the film comedy goes over their head. They don't really pay attention to the comedians in, in of the context,
2: you know? Yeah, well, there's the delivery in the movie on television, too. But it's, it also comes down like to the editor as well. Like the editor comes in a second to chop that up, if you and I having have a conversation and you say something funny, and then you edit it, and you bring it in a second too late or a second too early. It's just not as funny. <laughs> so uh, for them, when they catch that on movies, like it's, it's it's pretty remarkable. You know, it
0: really wild. is.
1: So, did, have you ever done anything like film related with comedy, or has it primarily
2: been like stand up for you? Stand up, and I've done some stuff. That uh, I did a movie with Christopher Lloyd and Jerry Stiller. Not with them, I was in the same movie as them. So uh-huh. not like you know, we wouldn't hang out. And it was a movie called Excuse Me for a Living. And it was okay. I mean, the movie I, I was but I didn't watch it because I can't watch anything. I've never watched the movie. And mm-hmm. um, I can't watch anything I do. I listen to my sets when I go running sometimes, and that's painful enough. Mm-hmm. But the set the scene I did it was kind of cut a little bit too short, but that's that's like a what a lot of people like they'll say, um <clears throat> A lot of comics who are liars will say that I was in this big scene, but they cut it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they don't admit, like, yeah, I, just, I was in a shitty scene. Yeah, but I was in like in a slightly better than a shitty scene, but it was cut <laughs> down. You yeah, know I don't, but I don't talk about it. I don't ever. Uh, this is the first time anyone's ever brought it up. I've mean, I really talked about it publicly. Well, you prefer the energy, <laughs> I guess,
1: from stand-up. It's... Yeah, you
2: can't compare it to it. Can't compare it to it. Like I'm in charge of what I do on that stage, 100%. Me. Not some director, not some. You know, the cameraman, sound guy. Do you think, like,
1: that people who are primarily, I guess, comedians in movies could they do stand up, or do you think stand ups are better in movies? Like, is there a benefit to being able to do one or the other?
2: When they, well, when you do stand up first, you have a sense of timing that most guys don't, right? And then there's, then there's thing called comedic actors, right? Like, Will Farrell is a comedic actor. Um, he has it down. He has timing and down and stuff and characters and uh, you know there's so many of them that don't do stand-up that you would think they do. Um but when they try to cross over, like I've seen some actors try to go to stand-up and it's like stand-up's too hard for you. <laughs> Stand up is too hard for a lot of people. It's unless, interesting. unless you're a messed up person and you're you're okay with rejection of the worst kind, you're not gonna just you can't fake stand-up. Yeah, you can't fake it. Comedic actors really don't get that that
1: energy. You know, they get like you said, the edits and just not having an audience, mm-hmm. it's gotta be way different. Where I'd imagine a stand-up could just fill an actor's role in a sense, a little easier at
2: least. Yeah, stand-up is not is not for everybody. You know, it's not like a lot of people just most people can't do it in relation to anyone in the entertainment many people in the entertainment business that will cross over. Like there was a guy from the Jersey Shore came over and he was like, I'm gonna do stand-up. Now he was nice, like don't get me wrong. You know, I, I can't stand the show. I had no respect for any of the people on there, which is like, <laughs> which is you know, which is wrong of me because I don't know those people personally, but from what I see. Um <laughs> but this guy came over I'm gonna do stand up now and he turned up and I was working with him for three nights and he had me and another comic up before him and we ripped the room apart and we buried him. He went up yeah. on stage and he was like I <laughs> the audience the audience went crazy
1: for him. Uh well I mean they, they, they probably just recognized him.
2: Well they're there for him. They yeah. weren't there for me. I was why well, they just opened them for him. <laughs> and he went up and they're like, you know, he's supposed to do an hour, fifteen minutes they loved him because he would mention the show. Yes, no well, no Dougie. And,
0: kind of
2: <laughs> and then after that after that he was like, he was he was around as a rat. He was, so he came back the next night and he's like, I don't know what to say. Listen, uh, it was Vinny, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. <laughs>
1: um,
2: nice guy, don't get me wrong, but like he really was a nice guy. I'm not just saying that. And I, did, I, So I said, Vinny, like, okay, why don't you do this? Why don't you host, why don't you MC the show? You go out first, let them go crazy for you. You know what I mean? You tell your stories up front, the first 15 minutes that they love, and go, hey guys, I got some of my friends with me. And you bring me up. Now they'll love you for bringing me up. I do a great job. I come back off, you come back up again, tell another one of your stories, right? And then bring up another guy and just do that and call the show Vinny and Friends or whatever. And he did that then and it was like, all right, Danny was just, he wasn't up there for 45 minutes bombing. The audience still paid, they got a great comedy show, they got to see the guy they wanted to see, they took their pictures at the end of it, He signed this, you know, he signed their breasts, whatever. He got all, like, everybody, was, everybody went home happy that night, you know what I mean? Yeah. The first night he bombed. Because he just couldn't be up there for an hour. I mean, he's also, like, I've, I've been fortunate to meet him a couple of times,
1: too. Or he's like, it doesn't seem like he has the same chops. Like, it must have been a humbling experience for him.
2: But again, like I said, he was, like, I'm not just saying that, like, like, he was nice. Yeah. And he was so, he was like, that's a great idea, man. And he was so thankful for it. And, and like, the, one of the only guys I know who's crossed over to stand up who legit wanted to learn was Mick Foley. Really? Of all people, Mick Foley was, such, like, <laughs> that's great. I was a fan of his. Like, I grew up with his post on the wall, but I never told him that when I met him. And he <laughs> turned up to stand up, and he was like, yeah, everybody told Mick. Oh, yeah, that's my name, too. And, uh, you know, I pretended like I was dumb. And he went up on stage, and he did good. He did good, right? The audience were there to see him. Nobody knew he was there. Right? And it was at McGuire's in Bohemia. So he came up, and, and, and at the end of it, he took the mic out of the stand, and they left the stand right in front of him. And I go, Mick, you don't mind me saying, so, no, please watch You're six foot five or whatever. Like you're 300-something pounds. However. That microphone that you leave in front of you is still in the, it's in the way. It's blocking you from the audience. So next time, take the mic out and just move the stand over. And like, oh, thanks for that, man. Next day, my phone rang. I don't know who it is. I guess he called the club to get my number. And, like, yeah, and I was like, yeah man. Like, <laughs> hey, I was like, he's all talking in this big Boys. What's going on? wanna and then next next now next thing you know, we're chatting, we're meeting up, we're touring Ireland together. Wow. And, you know, and we still chat to this day, you know. Um but it's he's a guy he's but he really wanted to learn comedy. He really wanted to learn he when he bombed, he took it serious. When he killed, he didn't get to like this is easy. Like out of anyone I've known that's tried to cross over, he definitely was the most humble about it, and he was really wanting to learn. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like I've, I've been reading this Lenny Bruce book, and there's
1: like a story in there about I guess his friend Joe, who like claims the funniest person in New York, but he was never able to kind of do stand up, and like Lenny was able to kind of mimic who he was, but
2: apply the stage presence. But that's the way though. To me, the two funniest people on the planet are my brothers. Really? But they wouldn't they there would one probably wouldn't give a shit enough to get on stage and the other one just would probably probably be too terrified. Because it's a different finesse. You have to
1: really find like your confidence in that. It.
2: I don't even know. I think you have to have I don't even think it's confidence. I just think you have to love it as an art form. And you don't even you don't even know it's an art form. Like when I was so young, like I didn't know it was an art form, but I was still attracted to it. And I don't know what it was. I don't know it wasn't maybe it was the tension. But to get up and like I could tell a story so I could have three separate stories, right? And I'm like, I'll make that one story. Like, that's called exaggerated truth. Like, I could tell a story about how I got into a car accident and I flipped my car over. Right? So I could say, like, oh, I flipped my blue car over. And I'm like, I don't even tell you the car was blue. I like you just, you know, my car flipped over. So you like, there's something about it that you appreciate that as an art form, as in relation to. What word goes where and that kind of stuff. And there's people who are just naturally, naturally funny, and they, yeah. they're just themselves, and they're they're lightning in the bottle, right? You'll never recreate them. Mm-hmm. You'll never like any Murphy's family. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. they're all characters. And I legit saw those people in that room that way It's wild, you know. They're actual characters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real yeah, yeah. people. If you think about it, it's like,
1: you know, some of the funniest people, just because they're funny, it doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to the art form of yeah. stand-up. Um, when do you feel like, or I guess I should say, how do you feel like you can practice that? Is it just rehearsing your own stuff? Because I know you say you don't really watch a lot of your stuff back, but are, are there things that you can do to kind of get a little more seasoned with it? Just keep doing
2: it. Um, you know, uh, not that much lately because the stand-up. It is kind of closed down. I do a show once a week. It's a private. It's a it's a private weekly show that I do. Um, and it's kind of hard right now to to move forward. But I would just pick a joke, and normally I would just go from club to club, right? So I would pick a story. What something that happened with my son going to the dent, going to give blood. This Russian woman draw drew blood, and I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, Russians do not have good bedside manner, or like good accent for that, right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they don't have an accent for kind of relaxing a ten-year-old for getting his blood taken. <laughs> um, so I would tell that story, and I would go to maybe three clubs in one night, and I would go up on stage, I would do one joke that works up front, some old jokes to be honest, And the audience now likes me. It's called a shit sandwich, right? Okay. <laughs> you go up and you give them something good that they like, then you give them your new shit, new joke, and then you give them something that they like, right? Sandwich is a shit sandwich. Um, <laughs> So what I would do is I would go to the first club and do a shit sandwich. But then I would drive, when I'm driving to the next club, I would listen to that set and I'd be like, all right, that, that new joke I'm working on, like the Russian woman. What if I say this, that, all right, maybe I put this at the end of it. Now we go to the next club, and I do the shit sandwich again. But now I change the joke slightly, like, all right, that worked a bit better. And, but then I go to the next club and I listen to it. So by the time two or three weeks have gone by, that joke is nice and it's ready
1: you. So you gotta you know, just
2: rehearse almost. Got, it's not, I wouldn't call it a rehearse. It's just you gotta keep hashing it out. You gotta just keep, you know, You know when you're in the jersey, when they're a blacksmith, like, you know, making a sword, you put it back in the fire and you hammer it out. It's yeah. not ready, put it back in. And that's that's why you gotta do it. It's wild. Yeah, it's not. I mean, and some people will come up and they'll tell a joke the first time and it kills and they're done. Don't have to work on it now at first time mean, that's happened once or twice, you tell it something, right? And it's just kind of like that that worked first time. Mean, I'm good home run. Mm-hmm. There's comics that use the same jokes for years. It's just I, don't know. I can't do that to myself. but do you
1: think it's important to keep reinventing the jokes? Like especially if you're performing in the same, I guess, kind of circuit's
2: Yeah, well I mean they like, where where I perform every week now, it's the same audience returning every single Wednesday night. So I bring new comics in, but I I go up and I do I open up and I MC I do crowd work and I do some jokes, but I do new jokes every single. Like they're brand new to me as well, right? And even if I say bomb, but I know there's two other guys, two machine guns are going to come up behind me and they're going to forget me. Mm-hmm. Even if my joke bombed, it doesn't matter because now you're going to come up and fill in that hole that I just dug. Um, but you, you got to just do new material. You you have to. You know you got to get that solid hour. Together, when you get that solid hour together, and you gotta start. You gotta do something. With it. You gotta keep writing. I, I love that you said,
1: um, like you know, I guess the two people you anticipate if somebody's gonna come up and you know that
2: they're gonna kill it. Is it more of a team sport? Do you think do people treat it like that? Yeah, hundred percent. If you look at this as a contest, then you're you're wrong because you're only competing against yourself. But me on my shows on Wednesday, it's my show. I'm the producer of it. I wish I had something I would never do but I bring my friends out in the city and that kind of stuff, so I want the show to go well because I, I want the management of this club to go one another, like I sold it all of December, I sold it all of January so okay. now they called up, because, let's do February, so I wanted them to keep saying let's do, because now I get to keep going back up on stage
0: Can you say where this club is? No. It doesn't matter if I said it or not because it's,
2: yeah. uh, it's a private members only, but it, it's, it's out of um, the, the paramount the, okay. no. the, the founders room yeah, I know you're talking Patchogue? downstairs. No, 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 in Huntington. Oh, okay. so downstairs they're only members. So you you couldn't like. So the, I didn't have to advertise. I don't have to put on social media. Hey guys, come see me this way. You're not gonna get in unless you're a member. Unless you're a member of the Paramount, yeah. you can't get you can't get tickets for the show. It's interesting. Is it tricky to like get gigs? I
1: mean, it's, now I know a lot of it's closed, but I mean, I assume people are still doing some stuff.
2: If I want to go upstairs, if I want to go, like, if I want to go down to. You know, this place in New Jersey that I work as a headliner, but I'll tell him, like Uncle Vinny's, for example, down Point Pleasant, I'll go, hey, Dino, he's the owner. I go, I don't mind opening for somebody, which is a huge, you know, deduction in pay, but it's still half an hour. on I don't care. Like, I just want to keep sharp until when all this opens back up again, then I'll come back out, guns blazing, you know. But for now, I just want to stay sharp. Joey Diaz was doing uh, sets over there, right? Joey's always down there. Every, Every Wednesday night, Joey Diaz walks into Uncle Vinny's. You know, unannounced, he jumps up unannounced, unannounced. Yeah, that's his home club now. Now, it's, now it's announced, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows, yeah, He walks, in, he pops up there every Wednesday and just, you know, not usually. I mean, I don't want people to go buy tickets and go on Wednesday, I just like <laughs> a piece of shit. <laughs> show up. Where's Joey? <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I, I mean, do I want to go to Texas? No, I'm not going to Texas. Why am I going to take a whole weekend, but I am like now I've been looking at it like wait, like, I might go to South Carolina for a week uh, and just go and play golf. I'll play golf and then I'll go do uh, Comedy at Night down there at the uh, Cabana, you know, the Comedy Cabana down in South Carolina. You used the box, right? Kickbox. I used the to box too, but I, back in Ireland I was a, I was a pro fighter, kickboxer, and then when I moved over here there was no kickboxing, so I did Golden Gloves two years in a row here. Nice. Um, yeah, boxing over here, so that was, uh, that was fun. And you started running marathons? I just started that marathon thing, yeah. From from uh, during quarantine, I would just run around like my field, you know, and I would do bodyweight exercises, would do push ups, pull ups on, on the on the kids playground, and that's that's started off. I would run, I would run three to five miles as a fighter. Right, fighters usually run three to five miles don't really go longer than that. Usually, and some do, but they usually don't. It's not really beneficial for long, long miles. Breaks your muscles down a little bit, and leaking you up for your day's training. Mm-hmm. So I would um, just run three. To, I've never ran past the three to five mile mark. I mean, back in the day, I would have done a ten mile, maybe a thirteen mile, once in a blue Um But I remember running, listening to Lone Survivor. You know that book was made it into a movie with a, another movie. Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. Four, <laughs> four, the four Navy Seals. One guy's from Patchogue here in Long Island, actually, Michael Murphy. He's buried out in Calverton. And um, these four Navy Seals went to Afghanistan, and they were ambushed by like 200 uh, Al Qaeda members, only four of them. And only one guy survived, which is Mark Wahlberg's character, which is uh, Marcus Luttrell, I think his name is. I don't want to say his last name. I don't know it's Marcus's first name, but he was uh, so I'm listening to the audio book, and there's one scene in it. I told the story a bunch of times, but there's one scene where Michael Murphy, the guy from Hatchhog, he can't get a signal to call for help. So he walks into an open area, no well enough he's going to get gunned down and killed, just so he can call for help for his other friends, right? His other partners. So I'm thinking, like, all right, if 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 these these guys can do that, what kind of piece of shit am I complaining after like five miles gone and done? Mm. So you know, let me just see what I can do. And then five turned into seven, seven turned into nine. Yep. And I did fifteen miles that night with, with ease. And the only reason I stopped was because it was it, it was like I, I I had an obligation that I know I had to get something to something with my door. I told her we'd to watch a movie, popcorn, whatever it was. And um so I had an obligation, but then I was just that was in my mind. I was like, Well, how much have I been leaving on the table this whole time? Right? So then I saw the New York Marathon was was uh Virtual, right? Right, so virtual means they you sign up for it, they send you an app. And on the day of the race, you go. And then when you're done, it stops. And it calculates everything. It gets sent back to them, what you did, and that kind of stuff. Um, So which is great, because I hate people. I was wanting to (laughs) run a marathon, but I didn't want to drive to Staten Island, get parking, line up, you know, have someone pick me up the finish line, 3,000 idiots when the gun goes off, now I gotta chase these that you know what I mean? Wondering <laughs> why yeah, wondering why the guy from Kenya is running away when really oh yeah, can chase <laughs> my lines every day, Of course he's run. And then so then I just go, um so I go to Calvert and I run around there and I did I just did my I, I did it in four hours and eight minutes. And I was like then I say, you know what, I'm gonna do one every month and now now I decided this week I'm gonna run hundred miles in twenty-four hours. Uh, in springtime, in probably uh, April or May, yeah. <laughs> going to run to Montauk, uh, Montauk Lighthouse, and back from my house. I live in these patch so wow. Yeah. how
0: do
1: you prepare for something like
2: that? Uh, you just you gotta
1: almost do, do a, a bunch, bunch of mini marathons every month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thought,
2: I was thinking of doing a marathon every week now. Um, once I'll see how I feel after. it. I was supposed to do it this week, uh, a marathon, um, but it rained so bad, and I was like, I'm not. It's just because normally I did the, my second marathon. They're all unofficial. Like I just record them on my app. Uh, that that one was only official. Everything else is just like keep it on my phone, and that's it. I don't need to tell anybody. You know, I'm not need to share like how look how great I am. Like I don't. That's not the to anybody. What's driving you to do? That. Um, why not? You know, like what else? If you don't strive to go to get better, if you don't strive to challenge yourself, then you're gonna stay the same. Yeah. And 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 so I just know once I start. Once I started doing marathons, I realized how many other people do marathons, and it's really not that big of an achievement. Now I know it's depressing for me because I can't even <laughs> do it But this well. is the thing, right? And I don't want—I just about to say this. Like, I don't want to insult anybody out there who's like training for a marathon and thinking like, because it's probably the biggest thing they've ever done in their life. Like, right? probably the hardest thing to do is to run a marathon. Some people say, but once you run a marathon, you find out how many people actually run a marathon, and you realize it's nothing, yeah. right? It's nothing in the grand yeah. scheme. So now everyone's running 100 miles, like. In 24 hours, I'm like, all right, that's what I got to do next. Um, you got to have a team, you know. Um, so you got to have someone that bring you, bring you food, you know, change your clothes because I got to run from Montauk. I got to run through the night, you know, in the middle of the night, run through Montauk. So it's 100 miles in 24 hours. So I got to run for maybe 10 miles, stop, run for 10, walk for two, rest for maybe an hour, right? Eat junk, get back up and go again um but I've never I've never done it before I've never attempted anything like that you know but why why not you know why not why sit still why why rest on like I did a marathon I'm good now that's it I've done everything I'm good you know yeah no when do you stop you know you don't until you have to until until my life gets so busy with other things that like are so important that I just gotta you know, staying healthy is my key. And I can stay healthy by running this many miles a day, push-ups, pull-ups, squats, whatever. And then, you know, I don't do any sports anymore. But while everything is on lockdown, you know, I took advantage of lockdown. I took advantage of I got I got my hunting license. Don't know why, couldn't tell you why. I have no no desire to hunt anything, right? I've not much I don't I don't want to shoot anything. Uh you know, if my dog pissed on the rug, I won't discipline him, But you know what I mean? So why have I gotta shoot something? Uh, got my motorcycle license. I don't own a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> I went back to school for for alcohol and drug abuse. I've never. I don't drink, and I've never tried any kind of a narcotic substance. i no. Like I just kept doing shit while the quarantine was on. Yeah,
0: why? Yeah. Why? What made you do that?
2: That's, a, that's an interesting one. Right? To do we and alcohol and I don't know. I just I just fascinated by it. I'm just fascinated by it because um, a lot of people don't understand. Addicts, right? They look down their nose at them and stuff, and you know, because you see, like a homeless guy come up to you, "Hey man, yeah, he's gonna drive by drugs. Like, he's an addict," you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just look at him like you're. But when you get into it, like it's, you know, I just really want to understand people. I want to understand where people are coming from, and, and a lot of these guys are just like, man, you get you dive deep into it. they there, a lot of people are really, really hurting. Yeah,
0: no, my both my parents lost both of them too. Really? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but yeah, it's not, it's not easy. It's, I was curious as to why yeah. you were we uh, really getting. You've never done any drugs. Like CBD is the first
2: time you've had it. I'm that like water that. CBD water was the first time I even had CBD. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, yeah. it tastes like water. Right? It, it's just water. It was <laughs> great. It was great. But yeah, I, I've never. But I, I, just want to. I always want to understand people. I always want to learn. I always want to. I, everything I, I, I read. Everything I do is all of everything of interest. You know, you That's also be working on yourself. You have to. You can't just sit still, you know? That's why, like, this thing here, to come, to come down here, it was very important to me. I was always, I always felt bad that I couldn't come down. Not because, like, I kept, like, blowing you off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah i uh-huh. But it was, like, it was to myself. It was something. Once I heard about it, and I told you first, my first experience of this was, like, when I was living in Ireland and it was on The Simpsons, where Homer and Lisa got into uh, those yeah. rotation, yeah. like, but they were like little legs. Yeah. And Lisa was hallucinating about it. She became like, "That is cool." Like, and she explained it like, "Oh, well, your mind is shut off, and this, and then you become, you've no choice but to." Like, that makes sense. Like, I under, like, I can understand how you would naturally get there.
0: Yeah, and I did it for forty-five
2: seconds tonight. Right, I got that slight hallucination. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's not. Most people don't even do that. Like, that's that's further along than, than most people get on the okay. But yeah, it's uh. There's definitely a benefit to, uh, to that time spent in the tank. But I, I was, if you, you know, take the drug counseling class mm-hmm. and, and if you take it anywhere and, and you meet anybody that can benefit from floating, because I really do feel like there's, there's definitely a benefit to, uh, to, to addicts and people that are trying to get off drugs and alcohol.
2: Absolutely, because I think it's it's about uh, and the class I take, I mean I got I gotta study all week and I got these papers to write all week and then at the end of every week we meet on a Sunday and there's some counselors in there and we're placed amongst these addicts and nobody knows who anybody is. Like the same people, but yeah, yeah. nobody knows like I could be an addict right for all day now. Yeah. Right. And I do I come from a family of, of substance abuse and you know, some people are, are from um, some of them are not addicts themselves, but are there because their parents were like you know, I I don't want to say it too much because I could have family members listening, but I believe my dad is a function alcoholic. But in Ireland there's no such thing as an alcoholic, <laughs> it's just like right. yeah, you can yeah, <laughs> handle you handle it. you can't. You know what I mean? Uh, he just enjoys a drink. And, and and there's that that aspect of it. So I don't want to go that much into detail because I'll have family members. Uh, talking shit, about or want to kill me. Um, <laughs> but you know, so when you find out when you go to these classes, there's a lot of people who are just, you know, they are affected by how their their parents were uh, from from drug, rock, alcohol abuse. But I, I just think to to get, you know, when you get to all to these people, they're good, they're good people, and they're just, you know, they're just lost, and it, it's, you know, and then you'll see something like Robin Williams. We'll, we'll see a video. I saw one the other day of Robin Williams talking about addiction. And I'm like it looks so sophisticated and poetic, that Robin Williams was an addict. You know what I mean? Like, oh yes, yeah, explains why. But yet the guy on the street who who had is it like he's a piece of shit. Like you could just you know what I mean? Like you could be listening on, on, on a, a podcast to this Robin Williams speech about how he dealt up about he the day he realized he had a problem, right? And then obviously like yeah, it's so deep. And the guy next like they just roll the window back up again because yeah. you know it's just like it's a lack of understanding. I think it's 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 a legit. It is a legit disease. Yeah. You know, it's a legit disease and it can just it can turn your life upside down in a minute, it can turn your family's life upside down in a minute. And it's just uh it's something I I've always been interested in in psychology and that kind of stuff and the way the mind works. So I just picked this. I it was like a twenty six week course, which is really longer because one week you might have to read a whole book, which I can't read a book read in a week, you might take me two, probably sometimes three weeks to read the book. Then I gotta do my report on it. So it's not really a twenty six week course. Yeah but it's probably one of the best things that I saw so about it I never once lost interest each week got more and more in depth got more and more interesting
0: yeah no it's everybody's got a story you know yeah man. Rob Williams had money and then he had fame and there's a lot of things that you could overlook with people that have money and fame, you know but it's uh... when you see you know somebody on the street that you don't even know and it's very <laughs> close and you know the shoes are broken and you know really
2: respect it the same way you know you don't know how they got there right Right, didn't wake up and go. I'm gonna be, let me rip somebody's clothes off. I'm gonna stop showering. I you know, it's easier just to ask for money as opposed to, you know, and people do Yeah, and we're all guilty of it. Absolutely. Even me, even while studying this, you know what I mean? Like I'll be driving with my kids or whatever, and someone will say something, and, you know, and I would catch myself, uh, like my son might look in the window, like, just don't be, don't stare at him, because then. Dan, it's one of those things like where he thinks I'm giving him money, so it's like then you catch yourself like I, want to know I never carry cash. I'm the worst in the world for that. I don't, I'm a debit card guy, and everybody hates. It. I never have cash. um So then you got as I drive away, guilty for what I just did. Then i like I'll, I'll try just not justify, but I'll try to redeem myself by trying to explain to my son. Like I'll try into like you don't know his, you don't know like right. you said, you don't know his story. You don't know how he got there. He didn't wake up one morning. He doesn't doesn't wake up in a nice house and put dirt on his face you know what I mean and rip his clothes and say I'm off to work sweetheart, hard kiss his kids goodbye and you know take his sign and walk down to the, the red light yeah and you know, the
0: problem is you don't know who so, you
2: know yeah but um uh, okay, yeah but you, gotta, you gotta keep moving forward with everything you know that's that's what I do with the quarantine. You were uh, you were telling me before you were, you were getting into alien yeah, uh, not getting into it because that sounds like I'm. I, I, you know, that sounds like now I'm. I'm. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for. I'm not researching. But some of the things that, that pop up, you know, like the government now releasing stuff uh, on aliens, and it's like, all right, you. If you asked me this like two years ago, because uh, I, I. I would like to think I'm an atheist. I don't want to say agnostic, but I. I think I'm. I'm. I'm atheist. Um, and I never believed on life on other planets. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. Like there's nothing out there. It just, mm-hmm. I just meant like there could be life, but it could be just like bacteria. Like you might get mice, so you might get some sort of weird fish in a puddle somewhere. But I never thought it was like intelligent life form. You know, like what we have walking around um, until quite recently. Then I'm like, alright, this is it's gotta be. What changed that? Yeah. Just when when the Pentagon came out said, like, fine and said that we're finding stuff, and then that bottomless started documentary came out, and now that. Commander David, what's his name? Craver? Yeah, the tic tac thing and yeah. that kind of stuff. I think there's too much stuff coming out now. Yeah, and nobody shut it down.
0: You know, what I think.
2: Well, I think that
0: maybe is told, you know, with garbage. But it's maybe the government is setting us up for you know, an enemy that we don't know. It's not another country. Maybe it's, it's pretend aliens I
1: mean you we're can- gonna have to go against. I was watching um, Rogan earlier. He got a new episode with the guy um, Avi Lo or something. Oh, that uh, that he sounds French, right? He's an yeah. Israeli or something. Yeah, that guy. He's talking about uh, the Amora Amora, like just that thing mm-hmm. that's not from this solar system. Yeah, yeah. That kind of tripped me out a
2: little bit. Yeah, but uh, you could. I mean, you could be right. The government are trying to turn turn us against it, but also I think. There's only so long that the government can deny stuff, right? And But when would it be a more perfect time to, to, to yeah, join s- riots? Slip it in there. By, by the way, there's aliens. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, oh, look, they're burning down Target. Look at that. Black <laughs> people, people getting killed by cops. Here's aliens. Trump's an asshole. Wait, what was that last bit? You go back one? Mm-hmm. What? About Trump? No, no, before that, uh, aliens. Like, I just think that was the perfect time for them to, uh, like, a Trojan horse almost just drop it in there. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that, that's interesting that, that not I don't think a lot of people are enough people are talking about it. Yeah, cause I, I think you know I, I, I think I've heard this on Robin too. I don't want to repeat it and make it seem like I'm a die smart. I made it up. But, <laughs> uh, I I just think there's a stigmatism. Um, if you you're that southern guy, you know that crazy guy in the cornfield, or yeah, the day they come get me. They got you know. <laughs> They probably ain't got that Mountain Dew out my ass, right? It's just like it's never intelligent people that find them, right? So, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just think there's too much going on that, that, that lately. Like maybe they're watching us, but right? maybe they're just watching us and they're like, all right, enough now. We've, we've done enough. We've get like they've been watching us from going way back since the dawn of time, right? They're watching the Roman Empire decline. Like they're, they're making them fight. Like this just hold off and see what they do. You know what I mean? My ends are chopping head and trying like I get it. They're Let's just wait a little bit longer. Maybe little, <laughs> World War One starts. All right, look it. <laughs> when do we can we jump in now? Now can we jump in? <laughs>
0: well they definitely waited for the right
2: time. Right? Yeah, that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Kanye and Kid broke up now. They're like, you just get yeah, them. That's yeah. just it's shut it down that's the time. Shut that's it the time. down. If <laughs>
1: they can't make
2: it, then it's time to bring the yeah, It's time to bring Kanye home.
1: It's such a wild concept because it's not like blatant enough. I feel for people to give it the energy, and then you know, one thing I picked up from the Rogan podcast was like, there's no real money behind researching it. It's kind of just like yeah, they not. They don't want to face it, even if it is. It like goes against everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, who's gonna get a grant for like 96 million dollars? A dollar sure. Who you gonna afford? Is Flying Guys? You know what I mean? Well, get the fuck. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna But yeah, I I think. Uh, you know, like they could be watching us, like you know, like just to see what our development is and see how we're, we're coming along. And like, all oh, they're getting close to nukes now. Let's just maybe stop them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe to bring us. I mean, they're not bringing us to their next planet. Like they're bringing people like Elon Musk and <laughs> you know. But I don't know. Maybe they're. I I have had a theory too, and if other people have had, heard it too. Have said it too. It was like about them being time time travelers. Okay. Like they're yeah. us. They're us, but they're not. From the like from the future, yeah, future us. Meaning like that because they've already started, right? Like having babies in pods now, right? So if that happens, think about it. Because you look at the the, the the regular alien you see, right? There's these like gray guys, big big head, big eyes, no no reproductive organ, right? So why we need reproductive organs now? All of a sudden we're making these kids in these pods, which you are. They're making. They're done now, right? The kids are in, in pods now, um, so they're, therefore we'll evolve, but we don't need. It genitalia anymore. Elon Musk has given us the, 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 the link now for yeah. a brand, right? So now we don't have to talk anymore, right? So now why do we need them out so we can just talk telepathically? Right? And all somebody goes, all right, we evolve into that. And then we like, let's go back and have a look what we used to do. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe all those teenagers a school trip. They're just like mm-hmm. teenage assholes. You know what I mean? Not paying attention. What did you learn on your field trip back to 2020? No, give shots. Some asshole kid, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> it's so trippy to think about too because it's like it's it doesn't seem impossible for the stars to align and create a planet where it's like life is sustainable. I and mean, clearly it's happened once, but it's like how big is the universe or solar system or whatever it is, you know? And then how, like the recipe, how many times do you get it right? Because, like, I think the way they described it today or that podcast was like it's essentially a lot of cakes in the oven, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's the galaxy is. Like if you look at um, what Earth is to the galaxy, right? It's like a teacup in the middle of Texas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's millions of galaxies, right? So the chances are there's something. Like may, I'm not even talking about like super super intelligent, but just maybe the way they're formed, that their technology that they have is enough to just maybe pop in and check us and see what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think there's aliens already here. I think there's aliens
2: as you in walking amongst us. Yeah. Like, boy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Okay. See, that's the level where I don't go. So, <laughs> right. I don't go that far. You know what I mean? But I can't. I'm far enough, so I can't make fun of you for going that far. Like, if I was back here, I'm like. Uh, but I'm far enough in where you don't like. I look dumb. You look slightly dumber. <laughs> but you're not. You're not dumb enough for me to go, look at this asshole, because like, I'm almost right behind you. I don't think they're walking around. How, how do you know? There's so many people. No, around. I said I, go, I don't I don't think they're walking around. What well,
0: I'm saying, how do, you, how do you go up there? Maybe there is. They're coming go to Walmart. That's true. <laughs> That's true. There's a lot of people walking around. I have no idea where they go. But what
2: What would their job be? What What's the point of being here? Information? I don't know. Yeah, but we're, you know like, what, like, where would they be walking around if we're going to get? Like, where in Long Island would they be walking yeah, around? Like, what can
1: they get from us if they could get here that they don't already have? Like, they report back
2: every week, like, mark from, from mark to mark. <laughs> and, <laughs> what did you learn this week? Well, you know, Long Islanders, they, uh, <laughs> they have intimate kicks. And they just put a knife right in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't know why to do it. Everyone's an asshole. you <laughs> no. Yeah, that's
1: kind of the thing they, they spoke about today too. Is just like, why would they even want to be bothered with us? Like, essentially, we're ants. Like, if they get yeah, time yeah. travel and come here, what do we know that they don't know?
2: I think they're watching us go. Like, oh, isn't that cute? And now yeah. of a sudden, like, we look at monkeys now, and now you see monkeys are starting to take rocks and they're learning how to open shoot at rocks. Mm-hmm. And now you get that that orangutan, right? You see that picture of the orangutan. <laughs> he's got a spear, and he's hanging from a tree. He sees a fish, like fuck, oh, he's just um, fish out. And then we're like, oh, look at that. Now they're, now they're evolving. And then pretty soon that orangutan is gonna tie a stone to that, right? And they're like, I right, shut it down, shut it down, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. That's enough. The orangutans are getting too smart, they're evolving too quickly. So I think they're watching us maybe in that that aspect of it, but I don't think they're here to take over. No. You know, I don't think they're here to to probe. I mean, anyone seems to get probing from the south, you know, it's all you're gonna get from there, like, too too smart. just yeah, a bunch of mountain dew people, and it's all you're gonna get you <laughs> bleeding from their veins
1: oh man we got deep in this uh, podcast today James so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll ask this though what, what's like the future like for a comic especially going through these times is, is it to do stand up on a bigger scale or you know what do you look forward to as,
2: as a comic? comedy will come back it'll, it'll come back uh, better I think um, only fair, which I don't think will come through, is uh, it'll be too, and I don't want to say left versus right because I don't pick sides, but I just think I do have a phobia that the left is trying to push too hard in the censorship of what you can and can't say. Yeah. Um, that's a comic's worst nightmare, of course, but I think the bad comics have all gone home now, right? They didn't stick around and try to work through this, they didn't try to adapt, it didn't set up the podcast, they didn't. You know they didn't adapt. I think they all went back home to their parents, yeah. and they won't come back. So I think the, the, the hard working ones are going to be left. Um, I think people are going to come back out, and they're going to be uh, just raring to go. I think the audience are going to want to see comedy as much as the comedians are going to want to do comedy. And I think this time next year it'll be back to normal, and uh, I I think it'll be better than ever. Not if the aliens get all. hold no, 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 taking on comic books. Like, what's the deal with flying warp speed, guys? All right.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
2: Well, nah, this is, it's dope, bro. Yeah, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me. Thanks yeah, so much. No, thanks for coming. It's, uh, I've been trying to get you here for years. Yeah, the Holy experience has been fantastic from, from start to finish. I really enjoy it. I highly recommend it. That's, I, can't, I can't speak enough about it. And I'm going to do my podcast uh, this week, Cheaper Than Therapy. I'll be definitely talking about this place, that'll be my, uh, my I mean I'm not talking about aliens I'm sure, but uh, that'll be my main, my main topic to be talking about this place.
0: Where can they find that
2: podcast? Everywhere, anywhere podcasts are available on iTunes, it's on YouTube if you want to go over and check it out, it's on Anchor, Spotify Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. It's uh, I I I gotta say that I listen to your podcast
0: every time you drop it. Every time it comes out, I, I'm I'm one of the first people. So I appreciate that, man. Well, like, thanks so much. That's very nice of you. Thank you. It's so much fun. I feel like you could get away with stuff because
2: you have a uh, you have an Irish accent. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody can get away with anything, man. It's like that's the thing about censorship. It, it you know instead of shutting somebody down. If you don't like it, you just don't listen to it. That's it. Yeah, it's you know, don't again. stop other people from liking it. You know, that's that's my uh, that's my, my message. Any shows coming up anywhere? No, nothing Any that's nothing there? that people can buy tickets to, sadly. But if you're listening to this and you happen to be a member of the Paramount, then by all means, I'm there every Wednesday, so you can pick up tickets there. That's great. Awesome, man. Yeah, um, how can people keep up with you? Yeah, I'm everywhere. Uh, on uh, McThomas McThomas Comedy on Instagram, uh, McThomas on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, All this stuff, all the usual stuff, yeah, that's what I'm around. Awesome. I'm going to edge now, man, and thank you again. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having
0: me.
1: Have a good one. CaveCast, ladies and gentlemen. Nice, (laughs) by the way. Oh, (laughs) shit, that's I was fixing
2: the mic. I apologize. I (laughs) did that to somebody the last time. It's an
0: accident.